From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. I like to balance my KPIs with the 80-20 formula. 80% is going to be your short term, 20% is going to be your long term. Today on episode 91 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Sam Gupta. Although Sam worked as an employee for a number of years before he started his current business, he has a long history of entrepreneurship. Once he landed on a winning strategy, he became very focused on the analytics that support his success. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Sam Gupta. Sam has been an ERP thought leader in the digital transformation space for nearly two decades. His primary focus is on financial systems and ERP. Sam has been part of large transformation initiatives for Fortune 500 corporations, but now spends his time consulting with SMEs, small and medium-sized enterprises, as a principal consultant and CEO at Elevate IQ. Sam regularly speaks at industry conferences and contributes his experiences through many popular blogs and publications. He also hosts a podcast called WBS Rocks, focused on business growth through digital transformation and ERP, where he interviews top influencers and executives from ERP, supply chain, digital transformation, and accounting. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, David. I'm super excited to talk to your fun listeners. I'm excited to, to have this discussion, have you on. So you studied engineering, right? And did you start your career working as an engineer? Well, so I don't know how you define the, the engineer. I was the major in electrical and electronics engineering, but I never did any work close to that discipline. I did work as a programmer for a while, and my space has been into software. So yeah, engineering definitely helps, but I was primarily into the business consulting as well as sort of the, the sales. Ah, and what made you go into business consulting early on in your career as opposed to working in something that was closer to what you had trained in? Well, so let me give you a little background about myself. I grew up in a very business-centric family. So I, my family background is in manufacturing and distribution. So by the time I was five, I was given my first job, uh, which is really to, to count money because we used to get these uh, piles of cash. We did not have credit cards and digital money at that point of time, right? So that was my first job. And after that, you know, uh, I started doing a lot more work in the family business. So by the time I graduated, I knew too much about the business. So, uh, you know, the reason why I went for the electronics engineering is just because, you know, it was exciting at that point of time. I did not decide that I wanted to be an engineer. I always wanted to be in, in the business field. So, yeah, so I got the opportunity right after my, my college. And, uh, uh, you know, I just decided to go in the business field because that's what I was uh, doing before my school. And that was my family background as well. Right, right. So it was very ingrained. Did you work in your family business? 
Yes, yes. So in my family business, they say that if you cannot hang in on the shop floor because you are, let's say, five to six years old, right? You should be able to count money and you should be able to do the accounting. So that is typically the first job that we we get in our family business. So yeah, so so I did, uh, you know, contribute. Everybody contributes in, in, in our family business. That's how our family business is. Mm. And how long did you work in the family business? So yeah, roughly 10 years, I would say. Okay. Then what happened? Well, so as I said, you know, I went to school and then I actually wanted to run away from my family business because even though I was part of it for roughly 10, 15 years, but uh, I did not appreciate manufacturing at that time as much. I did not appreciate the the family business as much, right? So I started exploring new shiny things as would any teenager. So I decided to go into software because that was slightly newer and exciting. And I was always sort of the curious child. So I wanted to pursue the the software field. But then I did this for roughly 10, 15 years in the Fortune 500 consulting space. Uh, but then I wanted to start my own business. So again, I was uh, doing similar things as in running after the shiny object. So basically, I tried every single startup out there, you name it, uh, you know, starting from your medical device to real estate, to fintech, to martech. Oh my goodness. Everything that I was not really confident on, everything that was not my core. And after roughly 15 years doing the Fortune 500 consulting, followed by this entrepreneurial gigs, I realized that I need to do something that is aligned to my core, which was always sort of the ERP consulting aligned with uh, aligned with manufacturing and distribution, because that's what I lived and breathed when I was as a child. And that's what I understood deeply. And that's what that's how, uh, you know, we started Elevate IQ roughly five years back. And now we focus really on the manufacturing, distribution, retail businesses and uh, the experience that I got as part of my consulting career, which is going to be in the ERP and financial systems. So I'm really trying to capitalize that now I am far more focused overall in my effort as opposed to running after everything that I could get, uh, running after everything that I could chase. So this has been sort of the eye-opening experience for me in doing the in in going with the consulting business because uh, you know I realized that I need to be slightly more focused if I want to be successful. Yeah, the shiny object syndrome is pretty common for entrepreneurs. And while you were chasing these shiny objects, were you doing this while you were consulting for Fortune 500 companies, or did you leave your consulting job and then try to do all these different entrepreneurial ventures? Well, so since I come from the the business background, right? So typically in the business families, uh, and and especially in my family, uh, we used to work for roughly 65, 70 hours <laughs> a week okay without any vacation or or ops so basically when i started working in the fortune 500 uh, you know we would get work for 40 to 45 hours per week right and then it'll get um, super boring so i really had to find out okay how to spend my time so i was always doing some sort of side gigs even uh, you know uh, just adding skills to my portfolio so as part of the consulting engagement if the consulting engagement was
was newer, then I would spend a lot of time understanding clients' business, how they did, did the processes. So yeah, so I would be spending a lot of time just studying, understanding the business, understanding the processes. But within a year, I'll get bored and I would not have anything else, uh, you know, or or new things to be able to learn. So then I had to find something something newer. And that's why I moved on fairly quickly through my engagement just because, you know, I just didn't have uh, anything newer to add or learn. So I was doing a lot more engagement. What that provided to me is uh, as I was moving through engagement to engagement and industry to industry, I just learned a lot about various different um, industries. And I learned how the cross-pollination between the industries work and uh, the insights, let's say, I got from the, the financial services. Now I'm able to utilize those insights let's say in the in the in the manufacturing just because you can always extrapolate your knowledge that you get from different industries uh, to the newer industries so i understand it you you started this new business in the erp space while you were still working as a consultant for fortune 500 companies Yes, I sure did. And uh, let me give you a little bit of background. I think you want to understand, uh, you know, how and why this ERP business. So we did start the ERP company while I was still going to my school. But the challenge that I ran into uh, in that business is, number one, we were not able to make enough money. Uh, and the kind of, you know, customers that we had, they were not willing to pay as much as we should be making to afford a life, right? So basically at that time, I was selling to small restaurants and, and library. So we could not really see a career or the company out of it. So that's why we uh, I actually decided to go uh, in the Fortune 500 Consulting, which was slightly more aligned to what I had done before. But while I was consulting, I could not still see how I might be able to start the ERP business. And the reason for that is because in the consulting business, we were selling to Fortune 500 and you know how competitive it could get there. So we did not really have a sense of how to penetrate in the SMB market. That's why I was actually going after all of the ventures that were slightly more entrepreneurial in the startup space, which is going to be either the, uh, you know, some sort of software application, the small software application, as opposed to, let's say, the consulting in the ERP space. But after doing that for roughly 10 years as my entrepreneurial journey, I figured out that, no, 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 I can definitely build a business around ERP as well. And that's why we uh, started this uh, ERP consulting firm, Elevate mm. So... Over all these years of trying trying different strategies, what do you th believe was the secret to your success? Because you finally have landed on on a uh, successful entrepreneurial venture that you've been now running for several years. What do you think are some of the secrets? Well, so in my opinion, I think what worked in case of Elevate IQ is really the core focus. It's going to be the experience that I have amassed or gained through my family business, through my consulting world. And then I had to extrapolate, okay, what is one thing that I'm really, really good at, okay? 
and that was really the ERP and finance because that's what I've done. Uh, now, before Elevate IQ, if you ask me, I would tell at least 100 different things that I was good at. But now, if you ask me, I'm probably going to say one thing, and I am going to tell you that, you know, even in that, I'm good at this, and I'm not good at this. So I became super, super focused in terms of the strategy, in terms of identifying the target customers, in terms of the messaging, in terms of the products that we want to carry, in terms of the offerings that we that we want to have. So it's really the core focus, in my opinion, is the secret sauce. Right. So a focused and also a, a narrow niche in the marketplace. Narrow niche, I would say execution as well. So I became really good at execution. Uh -huh. And uh, I started having sort of the discipline uh, just because, uh, you know, over the over the course of years, I figured that, you know what, I need to have some sort of KPIs and metrics uh, just to make myself accountable. I work for some of the really uh, smart bosses, you know, in, in my Fortune 500 career journey. And one thing that I found out is they were really good at deciding there, okay, this is how my week is going to look like. This is my day this is how my day is going to look like right if i want to hit these many metrics let's say end of the month or end of the week this is what i need to do on a daily basis so i believe in execution i do a little bit of planning we don't over plan as part of the elevate iq i mean we don't necessarily have sort of the hockey stick we never had that we will craft a very rough plan and we would figure out okay what can we do to execute this so it's very agile in nature the way we plan our, our, let's say, the quarters or months, because we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow, especially in the small business, right? Uh, we don't have, I would say, when we started Elevate IQ, we didn't have a lot of cash uh, to be able to survive. So let's say we could not plan for three or five years. It doesn't make any sense because we don't know whether we are going to survive or not. So we would plan for, let's say, three, four quarters max. You know, we would do very detailed planning uh, just for this quarter, and we'll try to uh, create our sales or marketing channels and figure out, okay, what do we need to do to be successful in this particular quarter? And then we are going to reflect at the end of each month to see whether we our plan really worked. And if, if not, what can we do to change that so that we are going to have slightly better plan? So unlike you, many professionals that, that end up going solo, where they're they create a consulting business or a coaching business that is very much in alignment with their expertise in, in the discipline where they've been working as as an employee for many years. Many of them don't have the luxury of spending a number of years testing different strategies to figure out how they can land on something that's going to be successful. They often have a, a relatively short window of time, you know, somebody who may be, you know, let's say working 15, 20, even 25 years. And then um, particularly if they get pushed out of their job and they want to make it as an entrepreneur, when they first start their consulting business, they often have a lot of challenge around these same issues of, of how do I find the right focus? How do I find a narrow enough target market? What advice do you have for somebody like that that is all of a sudden no longer working full-time, not, not working at all, and they're trying to get their business up and running as quickly as possible because they need to generate income? Right. So 
in my case, I had to learn these things hard way and it took a very long time. So for people who don't have that luxury of this time, one of the things that I have realized over the period of time is one of the most important skill that we can all have is going to be the sales skill. Uh, and sales skill, when I say, you know, uh, even though I was for uh, you know consulting in the fortune 500 space for a very long time it was very hard for me to learn how to cold call to be honest okay and that is one of the basic ingredient of any entrepreneurship or any venture that anybody want to start so especially when you are talking about these coaches or consultants i mean they are going to be super afraid in picking up the call and calling the customer but that is in my opinion one of the most important way of executing because that is the easiest and cheapest way of reaching out to your customer and figure out how can I understand my business a bit better by making this simple call. So that is number one thing. That is the easiest way to understand your ideal uh, customer profile. But you need to understand your channels as well. So in my case, I mean, you know, I need to figure out, okay, where are my customers hanging out? And let's say if they are hanging out on, on LinkedIn, am I getting any leads out of it? So you need to decide your case APIs and figure out, you know, how, whether you are getting the real output from whatever you are doing or not. Sometimes we spend a lot of time, you know, chasing after, let's say, uh, writing the content or maybe doing a lot of LinkedIn, but you might not get anything end of the day. Or maybe you are simply networking for the sake of networking where you are not really getting the business. Yes, uh, you know, when you are doing the sales pitch, the sales pitch does not need to be as direct because you still need to build the relationship. But at the same time, you need to figure out, okay, who you are networking with, whether you are going to get any business out of it or not, and whichever activity or task that you are doing as part of your consulting or coaching business, one thing you need to do is, okay, if I'm getting into this meeting, what am I getting out of it? Am I getting anything related to revenue? If not, then probably I should not be going in that meeting. And one of the mistakes that I see with the early entrepreneurs or early coaches is they spend a ton of time in doing the networking. They are thinking that, you know what, if I meet with everybody, then probably I'm going to get some business. Yes, you should be meeting in the synergistic relationship. I do meet with a lot of, uh, you know, businesses that are going to be synergistic to us. Not every call is going to be a sales call, but at the same time, you still need to figure out that, that value that you are getting from each call. So if you don't know what value you are going to get probably you should not be spending time there so time management is definitely going to be one of the keys i don't know if that answers your question david yeah how do you measure the value in an initial conversation with somebody so in my case i need to see okay is this going to be my customer or is this person going to take to my customer right? So that's how I personally measure the value. And if I cannot take those check boxes, then probably I should not be meeting this person. So in my case, we are in the ERP business. So I'm willing to hang out with either the CFOs because a CFO is likely to hang out with other CFOs or somebody who's selling to CFO because they already have the, the existing relationships with the CFO, right? So typically when I meet with these guys, I get some business out of it. Let's say, but I mean, see if I'm meeting with some Somebody who's selling in the real estate. Now, that is not the target market that is aligned with me. So I don't know if I should be meeting with that person or not. The second thing that I personally like to look at is, okay, if I need to bring, let's say, one deal or two deals in this specific quarter or this month, okay, how many meetings do I need? So I measure my velocity based on the number of meetings. And now these meetings should be the qualified meetings. It can't be random meetings. And typically, I like to balance my KPIs with the 80-20 formula. 80% is going to be your short term. 
term, 20% is going to be your long term. And any of the long term activities are going to be your anything related to content, anything related to, you know, the networking or the referral relationship. The 80% is what will help you meet your numbers. And if you're not doing that, most likely you will not be able to meet your numbers. You will not be able to meet your goals. Most likely you will not be able to feed your family. You'll get frustrated and then you'll not be able to sustain. So definitely if you cannot do, let's say 80%, I would suggest at least do 60 to 70%, which is going to be the active selling where you are thinking about getting some revenue because revenue is the lifeblood of the business. Revenue and cash, both of them, right? So if you're not getting that, that's a, that's a serious problem. So in my mind, the way I like to measure the velocity is going to be in the number of meetings and the number of demos and the quality of those meetings and quality of the, the demos. And finally, obviously, the proposals as well. So you're very data-driven on how you measure the outcome of your time. I am extremely analytical as well as data-driven. So I like to analyze my market. I like to have very deep understanding of my market. I need to know why my customers are buying from me, but more importantly, why they are not buying from me. Okay, so I like to do, I like to, uh, you know, dig into the uh, people's resumes. I, I like to study that for a living. So if somebody is not buying, most likely it is not aligned with their personal interest, right? So again, uh, you know, I uh, like to do a lot of keyword analysis. I like to do, uh, you know, everything and anything that I can understand in my target market. I would definitely like to dig deeper into that. Yeah. But Sam, it sounds like you have learned a huge amount about entrepreneurship over the course of your life, starting with counting money when you were a toddler to um, to the success you've created in Elevate IQ. Where would you love for it to go? So the future of Elevate IQ, I mean, what we are trying to do as part of the Elevate IQ is we are trying to become the next big consulting firm in the ERP space. And obviously, the COVID has been a challenge for all of us. But overall, I think from the brand recognition perspective, from the authority perspective, from the thought leader perspective, I think we are on our way to becoming the authority in the ERP market. Uh, and uh, we are doing really well at this point of time. Well, congratulations on everything you've achieved. It's really remarkable. Um, I think you have a phenomenal story. And um, many people can learn from all of your, your trials and tribulations. And thank you for being so forthcoming and sharing everything you've done. Um, I think it's really eye-opening. And, um, and as I said, I think it's um, a good lesson for anyone listening. Sam, if someone wants to go deeper with anything that we've discussed today, learn more or get in touch with you, where is the best place for them to go? So there are a couple of places. Number one, you know, I'm super active on social media. They can look me up as uh, Sam, S-A-M, Gupta, G-U-P-T-A. And, uh, you know, they can contact me through Elevate IQ, which is E-L-E-V-A-T-I-Q. There is no E at the end in the Elevate word, Elevate IQ. And WBS Rocks is the name of the podcast as well as community. It's WBS.R-O-C-K-S. Uh, and they both have the contact form. So if anybody tries to contact from there, uh, my team is very good at uh, you know connecting them with me. Well, Sam, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and, and share your story and your insights. My guest today has been the principal consultant and CEO of Elevate IQ, Sam Gupta. Thank you again, Sam, for joining us. Thank you so much, David. It's been a pleasure. 
When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today we learned how you should analyze your results to achieve success and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode. Thank you.